0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Oh wow, what a privilege to be here this morning. Man, I've heard a lot about you guys. I haven't been here much, but I've done announcements a few times. And I must admit, Scott, you're you're, you're a gifted man. You're a real gifted man. Why don't we give this man a hand? Because sometimes we need to encourage the gifts that are amongst us. And that is so important for us. For all of us, actually, it's important to encourage the gifts. Where is Luke? Young man, stand up, please. I saw you this morning. God's got a word for you, my friend. You're not too young. You're not too young, my friend. God wants to use you very unassuming, but God wants to use you this morning, never ever think that you're too young, and that your time will come, your time has come, God's got that word for you, amen, cool, so it's great to be here, absolute pleasure to be here, it's good to see new faces, my name is Wayne, Um, I've got a wife, one wife, my name is Genevieve, and I've got two boys, Lee's is here, um, very encouraging young man, he always encourages me when we come, and when I come out to even do announcements or lead the meeting, Lee is always saying, yeah, go ahead, you can do it. And then a little boy, Zachary, that, um, he's sick at the moment, so please keep him in your prayers, he's been up since three, and so have I, I'm not making excuses, okay. <laughs> I'm still trusting for this preach to land on, on fertile soil this morning. But it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey through the book of Colossians. And um, I'm sure you've heard throughout the past few weeks, we're on a series called The New Way, which is a beautiful series. really touched my heart because it's an amazing book that really challenges you. It challenges you to the core. It really challenges, challenges you how you see Christ Jesus for who he is. And I think it challenges you in the little things that might just be going on in your spirit. And I think this book has really touched me. Um, in an amazing, amazing way. Because, you know, sometimes when you read the Word of God, you need new lenses. Every time you, you you get into a new word, into a new chapter, into a new book, take off the old lenses. So I think sometimes when we attach to something old, we, we, we almost resist or refuse to see the new. And this book has challenged us to see the new. Okay, so I just want to really commend the guys on this um, this beautiful water bottle holder. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, Hold on. Uh, I I brought my phone with for a reason. I'll send this to the elders to see where the money's going. (laughs) But it's great to be here. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the book of Colossians before we even get into scripture, because I think it's important to understand when we understand what the book is all about, scripture makes sense. When we know the background and we know why Paul is writing these these letters to these churches, it's important to understand that when we read this book, we get a good picture of what Paul is trying to tell these people. So we've done chapter one, we've done chapter two. I'm going to head into chapter three. All right, but before I do that, I really just want to show you what's been happening in the church of Coloss- Colossae, and. Um, What were they involved in? And so these are the things Paul is coming up against when he writes the letter. This is the thing that Epaphras was talking about when he visited Paul. And he said to him, this is what's happening. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of outline about Gnosticism that's been happening in the church. Mysticism, Eastern speculation, and Jewish religion. That's what they were involved in. And so having met Christ Jesus, they defaulted to something that they thought would help them. And give them a better picture, sometimes we want physical things to be around us, so that we can believe, so that automatically takes faith out of the picture because we can see something, but we know what faith is it 's just trusting God in the past that what is done, and we can look ahead because of what is done so that 's all it is, and so you 'll see that Eastern speculations and mysticism is all about man-made traditions and philosophy. Paul writes about that matter was evil, astrology, angelic. Beings associated with heavenly bodies, plus a form of Jewish legalism. Good and evil were derived from rules, circumcision, and Old Testament dietary laws. So you can see in this little melting pot, there's all these things happening. But what was worse, actually, in terms of how they they did this, is you, you would have God, and then they would see Jesus, but in between they had all these things going on. So now you can understand what the blockage was because they thought there were more to do after having met Jesus Christ. And Paul is writing against this. All right. So let's go to the next slide. Let me just check if it is up there. All right, so this is chapter one. So Paul writes about the preeminence of God. So you'll see chapter one is preeminence. Chapter two is preeminence. Three and four, preeminence. What is he saying? He's saying... He's always talking about the greatness, supremacy, superiority, excellence, and stature and prestige of Jesus Christ. That's all he's saying. He's writing through these four chapters, really declaring these things. The first chapter, you would be, it's doctrine declared, which is important because wrong doctrine leads to wrong living. It's pretty simple. So, what Paul is saying is, he's saying, let's just make sure we understand the preeminence of Jesus Christ so that we understand there's nothing more to do. So he goes through that, he declares doctrine. Chapter 2, he defends it, the doctrine, and he talks about the danger. So he uses the word beware quite a lot in Chapter 2. So if you go and read Chapter 2, there's this beware, beware, beware that's happening um, in Chapter 2. And now we're heading into Chapter 3. And this is what we would normally call uh, um, doctrine... Uh, demonstrated so this is really the practical side of things you see he writes the first two chapters and then he says well now you need to go and do it this is how we live you've studied you know the doctrine so if there's any doctors here you would know first few years (laughs) a lot of studying going on and then you need to go and do some some things in the hospital somewhere uh, to to show that you understand the, the the theory or in our case as christians we need to practice. It's not just good enough to defend and declare doctrine, but it's also important for a Christian to demonstrate this. And so this is the important part that Paul is writing about in chapter 3, and this is where we find ourselves. Okay, so let's head to the next slide, and we're going to read together. Why don't we stand and give God the honor and the glory as we read his word this morning? Is that up? Can you see? just want to make sure that you can all see. Ah, when I do the slide, I don't have a picture of what this is going to look like um, On the big screen so glad you can see let's read chapter 1 verse 1 to 11 if then you were raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is is this the right sorry (laughs) sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on things on the earth for you died your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ to ease our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth: fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because these because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves were once in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcised, nor uncircumcised, barbarian, scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you this morning for your incredible love, for your incredible gift, Jesus Christ. Father, I just pray this morning that as we go through your word, that, Lord, you be honored more than anything else, that we turn our eyes and our hearts towards you, we give you the glory this morning, Lord, and thank you for your amazing, amazing word. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So as you know, you, you, you head from the theory into the practical, and those are always challenges. And I remember when I went on a barista course not too long ago. I went and I, I made a plan to go to Truth Coffee. I don't know if you guys know Truth Coffee. Any coffee lovers here? Okay, nobody. Anyway. So I went to, to Truth Coffee, I took Tyler with me, and, and yeah, we had an amazing time. First two days, three days, was just coffee, 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 and by Tuesday I had headaches for days. I mean, I, I I thought, should I go back? Because all we were doing is just slurping coffee, you know, that sh- every minute of the day. So I was pretty sick by the third day. And these were all, and on the, on, the, on the Thursday we wrote an exam, the theory. We had to apply what we knew, at least not apply, but we had to write an exam on the theory of coffee and how to make coffee. And so we passed. I was like, wow. So my experience is that at school or at varsity, when, when you pass the theory, the practical is like, wow, we're going to do this thing. So the Friday came, and we we're all hyped up, we're happy passed on Thursday, so we made it into the next day, which is Friday. So if you were there the Friday, I was like, whoa, you guys are clever. You passed the theory. That's amazing. And so we got ready. It's about four of us or five of us, a very small class. And, um, and we've been doing coffee, and, and you know, uh, some of you might know that when someone – and I'm just putting the baristas under pressure now – that when you make a coffee, the milk must be a matte milk. Silky, no bubbles, okay? No bubbles. Are the baristas here? No bubbles. <laughs> anyway, so that's what they're looking for when you actually do a what they would call a latte. And, and so, anyway, we thought we had it covered, and we were working on one coffee machine throughout the week, and some of the other guys were working on the other coffee machine, which we didn't like, because we said, nah, you know what, I can't position myself properly there, so we're we gonna stand on this machine. Until the assessor came in, and this tall guy with a bow tie, we didn't know it was going to be him. We thought, well, our trainer is going to actually assess us. So we felt comfortable with the trainer until two guys walk in. Tall guy, his name is Jose. Hello, I'm Jose. I've been all over the world. I'm like, what? <laughs> and this is what I do. I'm a master at Barista. I've done this for all my life. They call me out into Brazil, they call me out into. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? No one told us this guy's coming. You know, like the sister would say, well, these guys are coming, they'll watch you. And No, just surprise. He pitches. Tall guy, bow tie, jacket, skinny jeans. You know, the look there nowadays. And, uh, and so anyway, there, there, there we are. And just thought, well, this is scary. And he watches every move. He's standing behind the machine. The one guy comes with his notepad and he's checking and he's bending down checking and there you are, you're like just watching this guy, it's like what are you doing? It was the toughest, toughest exam I've ever had in terms of a practical. Needless to say, we failed. We failed. Okay, don't tell Tyler I said that, Um, but we failed. Badly actually. I was Like I said, I will trust you in pulling a shot for me, but I will not trust you in my coffee shop. Those were the words. Anyway, so just so you know, the practical is sometimes very, very difficult. So I thought I'd paint that picture for you before we head into the practical of what Paul is actually trying to tell us. So I've got three points, which is a Gabe special. (laughs) Number one, in the practical, seek the heavenly perspective. So you'll see it's heavenly. I'm just saying that chapter three, verse one to four. And this is important to understand. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I want to make a statement here before we even go further. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. I'm going to make that statement today, John 3, verse 3, no one. So I'm going to encourage you this morning, if you thought you might decide today that you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, if you haven't done that yet, all this that I'm doing following this point, actually, it's not going to make sense to you, in a sense, because God wants you. Because he wants you to see the kingdom. And listen carefully, it says no one can see, not will see, can see. It's a present tense. So if you've given your life to the Lord today, that is that you can see the kingdom of heaven. So I really just want to reiterate that to you. The words are so powerful. When we really just study that line, you'll understand that there's so much power in that that statement. That no one can see, but the opposite is that you can if you are born again. So that's the beautiful thing about that statement. So set your mind on things above, which is so key for us. If we take our eyes off the king and his kingdom, we will easily be influenced by our circumstances. Easily. It happens. I know it happens. It happens to me. So when I I start getting into the flesh, I start trying to make a plan. And we all work at a plan. We're good at making plans, isn't it? I mean, if I ask someone, hey, I need help. No, 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 no. I know how to do that. Because we know we've gone through life. We've got the life experiences. We can make a plan. Jesus says, no. Stop making plans. He knows what he has for us. Why is this important? If we read those first four verses in chapter 3, There are five certainties in there that I actually thought was absolutely incredible. He says, we died with Christ, we are raised with Christ, we live in Christ, we are hidden in Christ, we are glorified in Christ. Five (laughs) absolutely incredible statements in four verses. You don't need to go further. We don't need to go further. This is actually an incredible statement That God is making to us. Wow. How incredible is that? That we are hidden in him, live in him, raised with him, died with him. Man, where else do you want to be? This is absolutely incredible. And to set your mind on things above means that you're an overcomer. Because you can see the glory and the power of the kingdom. You're an overcomer. If you know that you're hidden in Christ... Nothing can come up against you. That is incredible. So I just want to give a little testimony of my brother when he, um, he, he started he started a business, a textile business, you know, making clothing. Um, before that, he was actually selling sandwiches um, at ICS International Correspondence School. I don't know if you guys know that, but um, that uh, ICS in town. And he just decided, okay, cool, I'm going to s- sell sandwiches. He's got no job, he's got nothing else, but he's good at manufacturing clothing. So, But he had to leave that for a while because he had absolutely nothing. So he just decided, okay, cool, he's going to sell sandwiches in the meantime. I mean, how, I, I look at my brother, and I think he was staying with me. He had absolutely nothing, and, and here's, he's trying to make money just to pay his way. And, and then he decided, okay, you know what, my passion is really... Um, in the textile industry. I, I want to make clothing. So, so he, he rents two machines, and, and he, he gets a, a building where a guy said, okay, cool, there's a lot of grace on the story, where the guy gives him a little spot and says, there you can have, these your two machines, you can start manufacturing, which is great. So he starts, he's still paying, he's renting these machines, it's not his machines, so anyway. And a few weeks later, he comes into the factory where he was working, and these machines were stolen. And, and everything was just ruined. It was gone, and he was still <laughs> paying rental on these machines. <clears throat> had no insurance, of course. And he stood there, and he said to me, he stood there in the middle, right there where the machines were. And he just looked up, and he said, I can't wait to see what God is going to do next. Today, he manufactures for Kway, for Sheene, Woolworths, old khaki. <laughs> I'm not wearing this stuff. <laughs> okay, I'm not wearing anything that, okay, just so you know. <laughs> when we have a heavenly perspective of who God is, the first thing that needs, come, that needs to come out of our mouth when, when, when trouble hits us we can't wait to see what God is going to do next. Why don't we repeat that together as a, as a community? Okay, let's go. One, two, three. I can't wait to see what God is going to do next. Amen. Brilliant. Number two. Slay the earthly. All right, what is that? Fornication, uncleanness passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Verse 8 says, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Ooh, filthy language out of your mouth. Ooh. (laughs) Slay these things, the Bible says. Here we're heading towards the physical aspects of our lives. These are the things that we need to consider when we're walking in Christ. How do you do that? Second Corinthians 10 says, take every thought captive. Actually, I want to add to that before it takes root in you. Take every thought captive. Put off the old man. Do not lie. Proverbs 23 says, by truth. So important, by wisdom, by instruction and by understanding how cool is that we have to change our perspective we have to change our perspective the beautiful picture of putting on the new man getting rid of the old which is slaying that earthly nature of ours is that when you read the Gospels, you see that Jesus, when he rose from the dead and he came out of the tomb, he left the old clothes behind. Such an amazing picture. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, they took off the old clothes, the burial clothes that Lazarus was wearing. In fact, he asked the community to take it off for him. Uh, sometimes we're going to need community to help us with the old clothes here. Sometimes we're going to need community to take off that burial clothes that we're still holding on to. We think it's a comfort, but our perspective hasn't changed. And so I just believe this morning that taking off the old clothes is so important for us. I came into church with 40 years of old clothes. (laughs) Let me put it that way. Maybe you can get that picture now. I had a religious outlook. You know, you grow up and then your parents would say, if you do that, Jesus, God is going to punish you. I'm like, oof. That's nothing against my mom. She was beautiful. But, you know, if, if you're out of control, that's the only one she could use to sort of get you <laughs> under control. So it was like, Jesus is going to punish you if you do that. Which is wrong. And I think my mom knew that. <laughs> but she knew that somewhere, somehow, we had this respect for God. And, and we didn't want to disappoint him. So she would use that. But for 40 years, coming into Life Changes Church, what a beautiful thing. When you are challenged with your beliefs, you are challenged. I know my father used to say, always put the Bible on top. The Bible must always be on top. Because God will be happy with you if it is. Little things like that. You see, It, it sounds great. It sounds great. And I don't know what sounds great to you. In your life, what is it that you need to do that you need to keep on top? You know, religion. Maybe the thought of having to do four songs every week could be a religious act. I don't know. Could be. Sometimes even wanting to be a leader in the church could be a religious act. Because we, f- we think that that is the aim. But it becomes an idol. It looks good for God. Oh, Lord, I just want to run for you. But however... It could be something that you have. It might be your desire, but not God's. So we must be so careful as to what religion could look like. It filters in subtly. It looks good, and it makes you feel good. But does God really like that? Those are important things. So for 40 years, I mean, I got the picture when I read that, which was... um, Verses five to nine. When I read it, I got this picture of Forrest Gump. Anyone seen that movie? Or maybe I'm just giving my age away here. Forrest Gump for the young guys. Forrest Gump. You know, there's this, <laughs> there's this, there's this picture of Forrest Gump with these um, restrictions on his legs. I don't know what they call them. Any doctors here? What is that? Braces. braces. I thought it was just for your teeth. <laughs> Brace braces. Well, just, okay, we'll we'll go with braces. And and he, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. Okay, so is that okay? So, uh, the picture that I get is like a Forrest Gump that does this, (laughs) you know, Uh, that's the first picture when he starts running, and then suddenly he realizes he can bend his knees, and it's like, oh, and as he's doing this, all these braces are coming loose, and then suddenly you see Forrest Gump's like, oh, and then finally it's like, (laughs) it's like the braces are off. He's running freely because there were no restrictions on him. And he says, since that day I was running, that's what it is. So it's like, he, they couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him. And he was just running. And I feel sometimes when we read the scripture, that some of us might have braces attached to us. And we think we are restricted. But as that picture shows, that if we just start, if we just start running, if you just start running towards, if we just start running towards the King of Glory and we turn our back on the past, these braces will come off. It will come off. Little by little, it will come off. God's desire for you is to run freely. That is his desire. There's nothing else. He wants you to run freely because you can worship him freely because there are no restrictions. Colossians says there are no restrictions. You are free. You are free to run for the king of glory. Get a new perspective. Point number three strengthen the Christ perspective. But I would say, strengthen the Christly. Please, I don't know if there's a word. My wife said there's no such word. I said, just bear with me, please. (laughs) I just want to make it sound cool. Give me a break. It's just like. Anyway, so I changed it on my notes. I didn't change it there. Okay. Strengthen the Christly verse 10 to 11 Let me just read that. And having put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither greek nor jew circumcised nor uncircumcised barbarian scythian slave or free but Christ is all and in all Number 1 renew your mind Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Just look at verse 10 saying, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him, meaning you're seeing things differently. It is no longer the same. And then it says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. If we really want to strengthen the Christly, I firmly believe that we need to get stuck into the Word of God. I firmly believe it. John 1 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How cool is that? So if we read this Colossians, it says, set your mind on things above. And this one says, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. And then to know Jesus Christ in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If the Word was with God, it is in his kingdom. Set your mind on things above. The way we do that is to let the Word of God dwell in you richly, meaning study on the Word. In the Bible, it doesn't say meditate on the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say meditate on God. It says meditate on his word. There is power in doing that. If you want those little braces to come off, the word will release it. When we read the word of God, it sets us free. It gives us a heavenly perspective of what is happening in our lives. It strengthens our soul so that we can run freely. Those are the important things about what we are doing. When I say strengthen the Christly, it means all attention, everything that we have, is focused on Jesus Christ. It is the only thing that will set you free. I remember speaking to a guy um, at a rehab, and um, and he said to me, oh, no, you know what, you know, I visited him in the rehab, he started chatting, we had a meeting there, and he said to me, um, you know, all I want to do is just... Walk free, and and I'm gonna give this up, and and I'm gonna drop everything, and I'm just gonna walk free for God. And I said, um, Have you tried this before? He says, Yes, I have. I've, I've tried many times. I said, Okay. Have you tried this method before that you're telling me about? He says, Yes, I have, but this time I'm gonna do it better. I asked him a simple question. I said, Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? He says, Yes, I have. I said, That's amazing. So why are you trying the worldly thing again? Shouldn't that be different? It failed in the beginning. Now that you have Christ Jesus, don't you think there's something else that you should be looking at? Your old method is not going to help you because your old method is still your fleshly one. You should get rid of it. The trying should go. The focusing should start. And you should be focusing on Jesus Christ. That's not what you're running from. That's who you're running towards, which is so important for us. A.W. Tozer says it this way. Since he is the, be- the being supreme over all, it follows that God cannot be elevated. Nothing is above him, nothing beyond him. Any motion in his direction, which is so cool, any motion in his direction is, ele- is elevation for the creature. Away from him is descent. He holds his position out of himself and by leave of none, as no one can promote him, so no one can degrade him. It is written that he upholds all things by the word of his power. How can he be raised or supported by the things he upholds?" Get a new perspective. Verse 4 says it this way, and I'll end off with this. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. (laughs) What a promise. Ever thought of that? What a promise. Because it does not depend on you. You should be celebrating that. You should be celebrating that actually appearing with Christ when He comes has got nothing to do with your plans, nothing to do with your, the way you deal with things, but everything to do with Christ's power in your life to secure you on the day of His coming. What security? How beautiful is that? And I can tell you this morning that He loves you. He loves you. There's a reason why I don't speak about fornication and cleanest passion because you know what everybody can speak about that there's no power in speaking about your sin no power the power lies in elevating jesus christ the power lies in looking towards the cross even better the power lies in the resurrection of jesus you have been resurrected the word says you have been raised with christ My word to you this morning is, where is your grave clothing? Where have you left it? And this morning, there's an opportunity for you to let it all down. Let it all down. I thank you for listening this morning. I trust that you receive this word this morning and bless you all this morning. Amen.